Hello, my rebels. Today's show is for the birds. I talk about turkeys, I talk about oil. Before I get out of the way and listen, let you listen to the podcast, let me invite you to become a premium subscriber where you get the video version of the show. And in addition to that, you get to see Sheila gunn Reed's show and David Menzies' show. Um, it's eight bucks a month, which is not a lot. It's 80 bucks a year if you buy the whole year in advance. And of course, we rely on the dough to pay the bills. So without further ado, uh, I will let you hear the podcast, but please go to the rebel.media slash shows to subscribe. Okay, here's the podcast. Tonight, after 10 years of ignoring foreign-funded anti-oil sands lobbyists, the media is furious that Alberta's government is starting to fight back. It's September 12th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hundreds of millions of dollars have poured into Western Canada from foreign-funded lobby groups for the sole purpose of flattening the oil sands. No other oil industry has been targeted in the same way around the world. Have you ever, I mean ever, seen a call for the boycott of conflict oil from OPEC? From Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Nigeria, Iran, whatever? No, you have not. It's true, just one time Greenpeace boarded an offshore oil rig in Russia. It was the first time and it was the last time because they were arrested and imprisoned. They've never made that mistake again. They never even went, went that far with other OPEC countries, not even as far as a press release. Isn't that odd? Have you ever even seen a press release by Greenpeace or Zipporah Berman against oil from a terrorist regime like Iran or Saudi Arabia? Why not? Why not even a tweet? Saudi Arabia is what, quadruple the size of the oil sands in terms of production? Why not even a word? Hmm. There are various motivations for the war against Canadian oil. In some cases, it's ideological extremists. They say they hate oil for moral reasons. Gerald Butts would fall under that category. He's a utopian socialist weirdo. You know this clip. We think that the oil sands have been expanded too rapidly uh, uh, without a serious plan for environmental remediation in the first place. So that's why we don't think it's up to us to decide whether there should be another, another route for a pipeline. Because um, the real alternative is not an alternative route. It's an alternative economy. But I wouldn't even call Butts a true believer because I don't know anyone in the world who flies as much as he does other than maybe Al Gore. I think a lot of cases of anti-oil sands extremism comes, or at least is funded, by competitors to the oil sands. Like I say, who is funding the war against Canadian oil? Well, it's foreigners who don't like Canadian oil. Here's a letter from a U.S. company called Citgo, which happens to be owned by Venezuela. It's a letter to Canada's National Energy Board a few years back demanding that they block the Northern Gateway Pipeline because they don't want the competition. They actually put that in writing. Guys, you're not supposed to admit that. So who funds the foreign meddlers like Zipporah Berman? It's mainly secret because the donations are laundered to third-party groups like the Tides Foundation. They're based in San Francisco. They're a long-standing Marxist organization. They publish annual lists of all the Canadian radicals they fund, millions of dollars, but they never say who the money came from. That's their service. They 
hide who the ultimate donors are. Frankly, it could be Saudi Arabia, it could be Venezuela, I don't know, it could be Exxon, I don't know. A dozen times I've shown you this plan from another lobby group, the New York-based Rockefeller Brothers Fund. Of course, they got their money from oil, didn't they? The map of Canadian pipelines to block, not American pipelines, funny enough, Canadian. That's odd. And all of their Canadian front groups, you can see Gerald Butt's group there, the World Wildlife Fund, you can see Bor Berman's group there, Forest Ethics, you can see Marlo Reynolds' group there, the Pemberton Institute, he's now Catherine McKenna's chief of staff. So finally, after the industry has been killed, after $100 billion has been chased out of the country, after three pipelines have been destroyed, Northern Gateway, Trans Mountain, and Energy East, finally, Alberta has elected a premier who says he'll defend the industry with a war room that will fight back with tens of millions of tax dollars. Yeah, it reminds me of the horse leaving and then you close the barn door after, but I suppose better late than never. Now, I want to believe in this oil war room. I do. I know the new energy minister, Sonia Savage, she personally worked on pipeline projects, one that was killed, one that was made, completed. So she knows all of the enemies of Canada. She knows them often by name, by face. She knows how many jobs they killed. She knows. She knows some of the tools that can be used to fight back. I'm sure she does. The existing criminal law, how about start there? Trespass, mischief, break and enter, extortion, maybe even the criminal organization section of the criminal code. That's like the U.S. RICO statute used to go after gangs. So far, the war room hasn't done anything. Nothing of worth. They've set up a website asking for ideas. All right, I don't think there's any shortage of ideas. Uh, there's no mystery about the problem. There's no mystery about the solution. I think we've all been discussing it for many years. Obviously, part of the problem is the media and the political establishment, not just foreign enemies. I mean, take the CBC, for example. I saw this story just the other day in French CBC. <laughs> Les Albertins aiment bien blâmer les autres pour leurs difficultés dans le secteur pétrolier, mais devraient-ils aussi se regarder dans le miroir? The Albertans like that, in translated into English, it means Albertans like to blame others for their difficulties, but do they ever look in the mirror? I'm serious! They're telling Albertans to stop bitching about the lack of oil and gas pipelines as if the CBC and, frankly, Quebec weren't a major force in cancelling them, including through the CBC's in-house lobbyist, David Suzuki, who has had a 30-year campaign against the oil sands. Here's my favorite. This is a Vancouver pundit for the Globe and Mail. He's giving Alberta some advice. He says, Jason Kenney fights for Alberta even if the enemy isn't real. The fact that a reputable organization such as the Pembina Institute, a nonprofit think tank focused on energy sustainability, could be lumped in with groups said to be working against Alberta's interests with the support of shadowy funding, Mr. Kenny's words, is patently absurd and underscores just how ridiculous this entire public relations exercise is. Yeah, no, um, that's just not true. The Pembina Institute was one of the groups financed by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund to stop and kill and demonize the oil patch, but sure, Vancouver expert on Alberta, sure, the enemy isn't real. Here's another weird one, also in the Globe, I don't know why. Uh, this one says, Alberta's offensive against oil sands opponents is politics, masquerading as public policy. Alberta looks to be moving towards a green version of the Red Scare. Premier Jason Kenney's United Conservative Party has launched its offensive against what it says is a scourge of environmental opposition to the oil industry. Well, they're right, it's not a red scare, it's a green scare, but imagine claiming that it's a fiction or a witch hunt. That's what the red scare was. It was largely baseless name-calling. 
as if the pipelines have not been killed, as if it's all a hoax or something. Who are these clowns or these kooks? Look at this. Amnesty International, the group that's supposed to worry about, well, frankly, places like OPEC countries where they actually abuse their people. They're condemning Canada's ethical oil. I've never seen them write a letter about OPEC oil, but boy, they hate Alberta. Let me quote. Amnesty International is writing this open letter in the response to the fight back strategy that has been launched by your government, specifically the establishment of an energy war room devoted to defending the oil and gas industry in Alberta and a public inquiry into the foreign funding of groups who oppose or criticize energy developments in the province. Hey guys at Amnesty, a war room isn't really a war. I know you were created to be against wars and to go after war criminals. Here, war room is just a phrase. Let me read some more. Amnesty International is deeply concerned that these initiatives undermine and violate a range of Alberta's human rights obligations under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms and international law, including freedom of expression, freedom of association, the rights of Indigenous peoples, and gender equality. Huh? The fight-back strategy also risks setting back the province's responsibility to advance comprehensive action to address the human rights impacts of the global climate crisis. Oh, is, is, that, is that what Amnesty International is about now? The global crisis. Um, for a civil rights group, nothing, nothing more interesting, more important out there and more pressing. China, Hong Kong, Russia, Iran, Venezuela. You're going after Alberta, the freest province in one of the freest countries? Get this. Amnesty International is also greatly concerned that these initiatives and the rhetoric surrounding them feeds into a worsening climate of hostility towards human rights defenders, particularly indigenous women and environmental human rights defenders, exposing them to intimidation and threats, including threats of violence. Oh, uh, really? Eh? Um, I should remind you, speaking of violence, Amnesty International in Canada has literally published a dozen defenses of an actual war criminal, an actual murderer and terrorist, an actual violent man, Omar Khadr. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kenny's government has been in office for a few months now. The election was in April, so it's coming up on what? It's almost half a year. These early months are a test of the government's resolve and priorities and ability to get going. So is this war room going to be about anything more than a fancy website and some feel-good videos and maybe a suggestion box, you know, some town hall, stuff like that? It was gonna actually be a war room and not just a bureaucrat's room. Now's the time to prove it. Unless they were more worried about pleasing Vancouver pundits and weirdo Cotter enthusiasts. Either they mean it or they don't. I'm talking about Jason Kenney and Sonia Savage. Let's, let's see the war part of the war room now. That's really the essence of their electoral mandate. Which brings me to the turkey farm invasion story of the other day that Sheila Gunn Reed covered. Simple facts, there was a radical group paid and organized by people outside the province, some of them having registered charitable status, laundering money through that way, sending in dozens of young people as cannon fodder, while they fundraise off the crime, the people they target, Hutterite farmers, turn the other cheek in that friendly Alberta way, like so many oil companies have done. Mission accomplished for the criminals, PR and fundraising, what's not to like? It's pretty much the identical M.O. of the anti-oil extremists, isn't it? Probably a lot of the same people, frankly. Foreign organized, foreign funded, sham charities, hidden hand organizing it, young know-nothings as a can of water, and the local RCMP just standing around stunned, and prosecutors not lifting a finger. It's been more than a week and not a single arrest. Why not? Now, here's my point. 
this isn't what the war room to support oil was meant to do. This, we need a farm war room. But, but that's why this is a great first battle to fight. To test out the system, to test out the plans, to test out the people who were going to execute the plans, to test out the government's courage. Does Alberta now have the will to prosecute? And not just for a slap on the wrist, minor offense, let them go. Does Alberta have the courage to prosecute every single possible charge? Not just the lightest, lowest charge possible. Extortion, animal cruelty, criminal organization, all of them. Does Alberta have the courage to work with the Hutterites to file a civil suit against not just the cannon fodder kids, but their masterminds in Toronto? Does Alberta have the will to take on the Globe and Mail and the CBC's French office? If Alberta doesn't, well then, <laughs> they'll never have the courage to take on mighty Greenpeace. They just won't. Do this and do it right and do it as mercilessly as they would do it to us. And you'll not only do the right thing by those farmers, you'll scare the hell out of every environmental group around. You'll set an example. You'll set a precedent. But back down here in this turkey farm thing and do nothing? Well, you've just confirmed that this war room was a bunch of nothing. Tens of millions of dollars for consultants and ad agencies to produce feel-good BS that never got a pipeline built. But sue these folks now and get their charitable status decertified and get their masterminds charged for damages and get all their internal records through examination for discovery and disclosure and lawsuits. Pursue crimes against anyone involved. Pursue them for years. Pressure little people to rat out the bigger people. Treat it like a drug prosecutions. Flip, flip the mules against the cartel bosses. And you'll show that indeed there's a new boss in town. It's not even about the Hutterites and certainly not about turkeys. It's about the rule of law and self-respect. If Alberta will not fight back for itself, <laughs> why should anyone else fight back for it? Stay with us for more on this with my friend Sheila. the Jumbo Valley Hutterite Colony Turkey Farm. Now, I have a lot to unpack before I get to my interview with the farmers here today. For those of you who don't know, the Hutterites are a Christian sect who dress modestly, live communally in large-scale farms. Um, they're pacifist by nature and they live communally, but boy oh boy do they love themselves some free enterprise. They are some serious business people and highly effective farmers. Now, the reason I'm here is because this Hutterite owned and operated turkey farm was invaded on Labor Day by animal rights activists who I suspect targeted these Hutterites specifically because their faith calls them to be pacifists. These animal rights activists, I believe, came to this Hutterite poultry farm, as opposed to dozens of other poultry farms in Southern Alberta, specifically because they knew they wouldn't be met with violent resistance. Welcome back. Well, as I said moments ago, I think that there's an important test case for the government of Alberta to show that A, they have the courage to fight back against foreign funded extremist groups targeting the industry. And number two, that they know how to do it. Courage and operational knowledge. Lord knows they've got the multi-million dollar war room. Well, let's see, 
can it shoot? And I think the first case they need to do that on is the Turkey home invasion by animal rights extremists who targeted a Hutterite turkey farm, specifically thinking, well, we'll get away with it because Hutterites are Christians and they'll turn the other cheek. So I want to check in on our reporter on the turkey beat. We've got a chicken reporter. Our friend Kim <laughs> Bexty covered the launch of Chick-fil-A. And Sheila's been chasing down the turkey. And I tell you, for all your poultry news, we got you covered at the Rebel. Sheila, how you doing? I'm great. I'm here fighting the poultry civil war. You know what? I'm making a joke because in the same <laughs> few days we had Kean in Toronto covering the Chick-fil-A protest and you in uh, Fort McLeod covering the turkey thing. It's a joke, but actually it's not funny at all what was done to those no. to write farmers. I watched the whole video. I got to tell you, my anger rose with every minute. Those those farmers, I'm not going to call them simple because that implies they're dumb or, or something like that. But I'm, I mean simple in that they have a simple life and they just have simple needs, be left alone, farm. They're not troublemakers in any way. And they're not sophisticated lawyer litigators who know their charter of rights and have 911 on speed dial. They're the op. And so I went, when I mean simple, I don't mean simple minded. I mean simple life. And here comes these bizarre animal rights freaks to screw it up. I was angrier and angrier by the minute when I saw your video. Yeah, I mean, the Hutterites have a long history of being persecuted for their religious beliefs. That's why they're in Canada. That's why they came to the prairies. Because when they came to the prairies, it, there was not much out here. And uh, on the prairies here, we sort of have those Western sensibilities where you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Um, I like, I want to buy something from you. You can buy something from me. And we, that's why most, I would say just about every person who is a neighbor to a Hutterite has an incredible relationship with them. Um, and they're just generally good neighbors. If you need some help, they are always there with a hundred of their friends and family. Um, and so when I heard that, you know, and it's in my opinion that these Hutterite farmers were being persecuted again and targeted because they are Hutterites, because they are pacifists, their religion calls them to be pacifists. When I heard that they were being targeted by these aggressive animal rights activists, I had to get their side of the story, especially because the coverage that we were seeing about this farm invasion was coming from a news outlet that was part of the extortion demands right. by these animal rights activists. Yeah, the, the, these um, trespassers said, we'll only leave if you let Global yeah. in to document our demands, which is, you know, I, I think that deeply compromised Global. Well, let's play one more clip of your recent visit uh, down to uh, that Hutterite farm here. Let's take a look at this. And when the RCMP was here and we dealt with the RCMP, we asked them, can we have you guys remove the protesters and they suggested let's time them out let's not chase them out so we kind of went with their it's all about choices they thought by removing them quickly is probably the worst choice 
by doing it slowly is probably a better choice. All right, Sheila, that's very interesting, and I commend all of our viewers to watch that. Look, I have no ties to the Hutterite community. Uh, I'm not a farmer. I, I eat turkey, I admit. A lot of it, actually, smoked turkey. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I have no stake here other than I'm morally outraged, and I see them as being deliberately victimized. And I think there's, frankly, a religious angle there, too, which I would call a form of prejudice. But the reason I discussed this with you again, and I enjoyed our last conversation about this, Sheila, is because to me this is the perfect test case for the Alberta government to show they mean it about prosecuting foreign meddlers in Alberta industry who are organized, funded, masterminded by saboteurs outside the province who use cannon fodder. Like, frankly, uh, the foolish young people who were corralled in the, into this, they probably don't know any better or they probably have been brainwashed by professors or something. I'm mad at them and they deserve a spanking from their parents and, uh, and for their allowance to be taken away because let's be honest, they all live at home with their parents. But I'm more mad at the masterminds behind it. So I think this really is a test of the will and the way of Jason Kenney's government. Can you actually practically do anything? If you can't do it here, what are you waiting for? Well, and I do have some news on that front, but not news that really will address the problem. It'll address a symptom, but it's not going to address the problem. The Alberta government under uh, Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer is holding a series of rural crime town halls. And, you know, as I think a lot of people outside of Alberta know, we're being plagued by an outbreak of rural crime as the economy falls and, you know, people resort to, you know, quite frankly, people who held jobs in the past who probably wouldn't likely hold the job, sort of the scumbaggy part of society, they've all been laid off. And so they're resorting to property crime and those kinds of things. So anyway, the Alberta government is is doing a series of town halls. On Tuesday night, they had uh, a town hall in central Alberta in Pinoka and in northern Alberta, in Athabasca. And from what I understand, the justice minister is getting an earful and then some from normal people who live in the rural parts of Alberta who want something done about these animal rights activists who are really threatening to invade more and more farms. So Doug Schweitzer, the justice minister, has said that he is looking at swift action and legislative changes to address activist protesters who enter into workplaces. So that would affect Alberta farms, but it would also affect uh, pipeline projects, drilling rigs, um, tank farms, construction projects. Uh, but that just addresses uh, trespassing issues, mm -hmm. which we already have laws to deal with. Yeah. We need to address the foreign funding aspect of this and how money flows to these activist groups who then commit crime. It's part, really, of an organized crime network, yeah. and the government has yet to look at it that way. Yeah, well, let me answer a few things. I appreciate the news about these crime town halls, but uh, a town hall has two purposes. One is to let people vent, which is a good thing, because the NDP yeah. didn't listen to folks in rural parts at all. But the second is it's sort of a brainstormy kind of thing where people give their advice. Uh, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think 
there's a mystery of what the problem is, and I don't think there's a mystery of what the solution is. You, said, you say there may be a new law about interfering with someone's workplace. Okay, that's interesting, but as you also point out, and as I've mentioned to you before, we already have laws against trespass, mischief, break and enter, robbery, um, uh, extortion, steal, yeah, extortion uh, animal cruelty, possession of stolen property, uh, traffic violations even, uh, health violations. I can think of six different um, sections of our criminal code that could apply to this farm invasion, and that's just the criminal code. There's also civil lawsuits that could be taken. Granted, that probably wouldn't happen from the, the government, but there are already at least six ways you could sue these uh, and prosecute these trespassers. You don't need a new law. Like, I'm open-minded to a new law. Kirsty Noem, the, the governor of South Dakota, brought yep. in a law against riot boosting. That's someone who funds and foments a riot. I don't think this would be called a riot, but <clears throat> sure, yeah, bring that in, and we'll get that you know sometime in the year 2020 if that would were to be uh, uh, proposed. Now we need a prosecution right away. I don't know if Doug Schweitz is up for it because frankly, I don't think he culturally gives a damn about Hutterite farmers. I think frankly, his own ideological history shows that he's more on the side of the animal rights leftists than he is the property rights. Farmers. I could be wrong. I hope to be proven wrong. But what I know about Doug Schweitzer is he's about as conservative as uh, Justin Trudeau is. Yeah, and he has yet to address the problem with the RCMP involved in all of this. And I think, like you, I'm pretty pro-cop. I'm not often a fan of the cop's bosses, but I'm pretty pro-cop. Um, they tend to be, you know, just like everybody else. They don't like crime. I don't like crime. Um, but the problem with this farm invasion was that the cops were there for at least six hours. And they told the Hutterites that they were just going to tire these protesters out, which meant that the Hutterite farm lost half a day of work yeah. dealing uh, Working around these people, there were five to six officers on site. They could have arrested these people. They yeah. also could still arrest them. That still hasn't happened. And that's Doug Schweitzer's problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. There, there needs to be a <clears throat> cultural change here with how we're dealing with protesters. And like you say, this is a test case. Throw the book at these people, overcharge them if you have to, and also direct the police to enforce the law and not uh, treat these farm invasions like it's a daycare nap time. Yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, the RCMP has a contract with the, <clears throat> the RCMP is a federal organization, has a contract with the province to do policing. If they can't do the job, if they're more into the Justin Trudeau way of policing, um, that's fine. Then Alberta should serve notice that uh, the RCMP's contract, their services are no longer required. And uh, I think, frankly, a phone call from Doug Schweitzer to the head of what's it called, K Division. I don't know what the name of the Alberta hey. force is. Uh, hey. Maybe, maybe a, a phone call would get things started. The fact that there have been no charges after more than a week is outrageous. I think that this is actually a concern for Sonia Savage, the energy minister. And Devin Dreeshen, who he's the agriculture minister, am I right? Yes. I think that they have to make this their case, because obviously Doug Schweitzer doesn't care. They have to do it. Devin Dreeshen, in the name of farmers, and Sonia Savage, in the name of 
maintaining any credibility. If you can't take on these anemic vegetarians, you will be no match for the Gerald Butts and Marlo Reynolds and the professional killers of the anti-oil project. If you can't take on these losers, you'll take on no one. Last word to you, Sheila. The UCP government was elected overwhelmingly by the rural parts of Alberta uh, to defend us against Bill 6, against government encroachment, and against these lies from animal rights activists. And they need to step up and show us what they're willing to do to defend our property rights and our way of life. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know what, let's stay in touch on this. And I, I know you and I have talked you by phone it. about this. Uh, if nothing is done, I would be interested in talking with the Hutterite community about crowdfunding a lawyer for them. And that lawyer could take civil action or even do what's called a private prosecution under the criminal code. That's not that common, but it is lawful that when the RCMP and when the uh, attorney general are as useless as they appear to be here, a private citizen can go to court and say, your honor, I am here to have you enforce the criminal code. Here's my evidence. I want to prosecute these criminals and you can do it. And sometimes that shames the attorney general into picking up the case. I'd like you to, to, to maybe even float this idea with your new contacts at this Hutterite colony. Would they be open to the rebel crowdfunding a lawyer for them for a civil suit or a criminal suit? Because it looks like the UCP government would rather just pretend this didn't happen. I hope I'm wrong, but so far I'm not. Well, and there's plenty of evidence out there. These animal rights activists are so emboldened, they are not hiding their identities. They are recording themselves, committing these break and enters and thefts. Um, they're doing it under their actual names. Um, they're sharing this information amongst themselves. They're organizing online. Like I pointed out early, earlier, this really is organized crime and it's yeah. up for the up to the government to deal with it. And so far, they've done nothing. All right, call the Hutterites, call the Hutterites, your friends <laughs> okay. over there. I will. Ask them if they have any news so far on charges or prosecutions. I'm guessing the answer is no. Doug Schweitzer's probably too busy uh, at some Trudeau fundraiser. Um, ask them if they would like us to hire at our expense to crowdfund a lawyer to assist them. They would be the client as we traditionally do. We would just do the, the fundraising and we would talk to the lawyer to tell people the story. And um, if I mean, I, I really like Sonia Savage and Devin Dreeshen. I think they're two of the best cabinet ministers. I think the loser here is obviously Doug Schwartz and, and whatever liberal appointee is running the RCMP. Um, if they won't act, we will. And we've done it before. I mean, in fact, Sheila, you and I first met in person in Nanaimo, yep. where that city hall had banned a Christian conference from the convention center because it was Christian. And the city hall thought they were immune because the police and the courts did nothing. Well, we hired a lawyer, in that case, John Carpe. We got a petition. We got the community going. Not only did the city bend the knee, but the mayor was thrown out. Let's do that for these friends, too. If these Hutterites can't get justice from Doug Schweitzer, they'll get it from the rebel. 
Well, and I know that people care deeply about this issue. It was one of the most popular stories on the website, um, you know, and, and it, you wouldn't think it would be a story about a, a turkey farm in the middle of nowheresville, Alberta, but people care deeply about our rights being tromped on. And I know that our our rebel fans, friends and supporters would get behind this issue so that we can help our new Hutterite friends. Yeah. All right. Well, let's set a deadline. Call the Hutterites today if you can or tomorrow, whatever. Sure. And if we have no action by Monday, obviously we need the Hutterites approval. We're not going to do this without yep. their direction. Let's aim to, to you and I talk again on Monday and tell them, look, we'll cover the bills. We'll even do the legal strategizing if that's not their thing. You know, like I say, they're simple. I'm not saying they're simple minded. I'm just saying they're not from the world of litigation. That's our world. So if yeah. they want us to handle it, boy, I am. I am as hungry as uh, a lad of looking at a honey maple smoked turkey sandwich here. I am hungry for justice the same way I'm hungry for turkey. I'm making a dumb joke, but I'm extremely mad about this, Sheila. And I will make it my personal mission to get justice for these Hatterian brethren if Doug Schweitzer continues to snooze and go to his liberal fundraisers. Well, nobody gets between Ezra Levant and his food supply. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that to the bank. All right, thanks, my friend. I know I'm making some jokes here. I'm just trying to make some dumb jokes about turkey sandwiches. But I swear, as God is my witness, we will do what we can to bring justice here. We will. All right. There you have it. Sheila Gunn-Reed, one of my favorite people in the world, our chief reporter and our Alberta bureau chief. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Well, that's our show for today. I know you're saying, Ezra, what's with the turkey? We know you like turkey, but it's not always just about snacking. I agree with you. This is about the rule of law. This is about standing up for people who don't stand up for themselves because they're too Christian. I'm not a Christian. I want to fight back for them. And if Jason Kenney won't do it through his war room, well, then we'll do it here at the Rebel. I asked Sheila to contact these Hutterites and say, come on, guys, if you just don't feel comfortable doing the lawyering up thing, well, we'll, we'll help you out. So that's what I'll check back with you. I asked Sheila to circle back with me next week. We'll see what's going on here. I, I just, I, I know it's, by some means it's nothing. Okay, so five turkeys got stolen and it was a little hullabaloo. No, 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 no. No, you let someone do this to you and you're sending a message that everyone can do it for you. Isn't it time to push back? Isn't that really what Jason Kenney campaigned on? No, 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 no. If Jason Kenney and Doug Schweitzer won't fight back, if the rebel will, I'll promise you that. All right, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom while you still can. Mm -hmm.